brought to you with the natural goodness of Viridian Nutrition, available at Browns. I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series, I talk to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers, sportsmen and women, politicians, businessmen and women, and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. For the second time on The Interviewer, I am joined by an outstanding athlete with a brilliant sense of humor, a triple Ironman, a coach, an endurance athlete who's one of just few people who have cycled nonstop around the coastline of Sicily. And on top of that, an ambassador for animals and their welfare. Fabio Spiteri, thank you so much for being a second time on The Interviewer. Yes, thank you again, Trudy, for inviting me. It's always a pleasure to talk about things I love doing. I, you have the biggest smile on your face. It's always a pleasure talking to you about the things that you love doing as well. Now, last time on your show was just before your second attempt to cycle nonstop around Sicily in less than 48 hours, which you actually achieved. So I'm going to ask you the same question I did last time and see if the answer is the same. What is the sporting achievement that you are most proud of and which has been the most challenging? Yes, um, up to this date, it has to be around Sicily in under 48 hours. That you're most proud of, but also the most challenging? Most challenging, yes, yes, definitely. Wow. Was it more challenging than the previous time? Um, yes, due to the fact that I really didn't sleep except um, just one hour in, in 48 hours. Just one hour on, on a pavement. On a pavement? Yes, yes. This is a crazy punishment <laughs> to put your body through. What is the payback? What's the bonus? What's the reward for doing that? Um, yes, the reward is definitely I'm the second fastest in the world cycling around Sicily and uh, the second person in the world under two, under two, two days. Uh, there is Maurizio Mezzasalma who cycled, uh, has got the world record in 44 hours and then there is me, um, 47 hours. So that's, uh, I think, something that I, I really um, cherish with, with my heart because I, uh, I had a really six months of um, hard training and it affected me physically and mentally. But uh, now I finished the, the event and I'm proud I, that I have reached my targets. You also associated this with raising funds for animals. And of course, I mentioned this, that you are an absolute ambassador for animals and animal welfare. How did you do with that? You had a goal of 50,000 euros. I came quite close, actually. Um, I collected over 48,000. 48,000? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, 2020, I was uh, on 21,000 euro, but uh, last year, 48,000, so might as well, um, I reached my target. This is amazing. Yes, yes, yes. I'm this is absolutely it. incredible. And of course, we spoke last time you were on this show about why you were doing that. And, and uh, I've also interviewed uh, Rosalinda Juice recently, and she also commented on the fact that COVID, the COVID season, has been really tough on animals because people took animals and abandoned them, and the shelters have been inundated. That 48,000 is going to make a massive difference. Yes, yes. Um... Um, I distributed them between 23 animal shelters. Two of them um, are, are in Sicily. Of course, because that's where you, would, you, you were doing the challenge, which is brilliant. 
You mentioned there that there is one person who has a record of doing the challenge around Sicily in 44 hours. Now, I happen to know that you are very driven and you are a perfectionist. So are you happy with there being someone that's done it faster? Will you try again? Uh, no, I'm done with Sicily. It's too painful. Uh, now I'm moving on. In fact, I'm going to um, higher levels of, uh, of fatigue, you can call it. Uh, Sicily, I'm done. My target was under two, two, two days. So now I, ne- I need to move on now. So what are you moving on to? Uh, I just applied uh, quintuple continuous, which, is, which, is, which are five Ironman races nonstop as well. Um, the continuous, I'm choosing a different format. Uh, you can either choose one Ironman per day and you go to sleep when you finish your first Ironman. And that's one per day, so one every five, uh, every uh, in five days, or continuous. Continuous is continuous is uh, first you finish the swim, nineteen kilometer swim, then you go to the bike, nine hundred kilometer cycle. It's almost the length of around Sicily, and then I need to run five full marathons, which is two hundred and eleven kilometers. Having said that, I'm targeting. Uh, I'm targeting around 100 hours, which will be in four days. So basically, I'm allowed to sleep between one or two hours a day. The rest, I'll be racing. <laughs> Fabio, this is insane. A, yes, it's a World Cup race, and uh, we're, we're eight, eight people from around the world competing. So you are one of only eight people... Yes, yes, yes. ...taking part in this challenge. Yes. That's incredible. What does that feel like, that you are capable... Of being part of a challenge that is only available to eight people? Um, it's open to, to all, but only eight people applied because it's such a hard race. Um, yeah, I'm going give to give it a go. Uh, I don't know if I'll finish it, but if I'm there, it's because I believe I can finish it. It's going to be tough because yeah, uh, we need to keep on going without sleeping as well. Uh, you just have power naps. That's the trick, basically. If you sleep... People will um, go faster than you, so you don't sleep. This is <laughs> keep amazing. Keep on going. <laughs> but you see, for a lot of people, I should imagine, they're thinking to themselves, you are an ultra-athlete, this is not something I can relate to, aspire to, or understand. But you've just said there that you'll see how it goes, that you're pushing yourself beyond your limit. And and pretty much everybody who takes part in any sport has to go through that transition of sitting on the couch to making themselves uh, push themselves before beyond what they think they can do. And I'm going to touch on this again because, once again, with one of the highest obesity rates in Europe, it's been very encouraging over COVID, over this COVID season. Uh, And when we spoke last time, this was particularly relevant, but to see a massive rise in sports and outdoor activity because people wanted to get outdoors. They couldn't travel. Bicycle sales were up 150%, running shoes, walking shoes, and everything within that COVID period really increased. Has that trend continued as we've started to ease out of this COVID restriction? I believe it continued, yes, because... Um, sometimes it's hard to find a, a lane to swim in the pool. It's full up, yeah, especially in the morning and or after work. Uh, the gyms 
are also full full with people classes and uh, the CrossFit um, CrossFit area is also um, inviting lots of new people around because I see how what people post what friend posts on Facebook. So I think yes, the sport mentality is on the increase definitely. And this is, would you say, contributed to COVID? I mean, the irony is COVID actually did sports a favour. Yes, 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 definitely. Especially um, in the cycling area. Um, if you go and buy a, a bicycle nowadays, you have to wait around six months because they have a huge backlog. And this happened since COVID started. Um, I've got athletes that wanted to buy bikes and they had to wait uh, a good amount of months. This is incredible. So yes, this yes. is the positive side effect yes, of COVID. Yes, I believe so, yes. Well, if that is the case, if, if sports have increased, what is, would you say, is the minimum that everybody should be doing every day or every week? Because we all could benefit from being active. Yes. Um, let us not go on a daily routine training. Someone who has never done anything in his life at least, at least they should do half an hour, three times a week. We're talking about an hour and a half a week, which is which is very basic minimum amount of training, but it will reap, reap out a huge benefits on the health of the person. And getting fit can also, it can also come across as a mammoth challenge, you know, getting off your sofa and starting to get out there and committing to this half an hour, three times a week, can feel like a mammoth challenge. So what would you say to anyone to encourage them? I mean, where does someone start? What is, how do you get past that mental barrier of, I am now on a journey to get fit? Uh, first of all, they need to put, put on targets or find a 5K race or find a 10K race or have an hour, uh, have, have a marathon race or, or even just uh, go to a gym with a friend. It's important to start training with a couple of friends because if you've got... I don't know, um, you had a bad day at work, you, you would easily uh, say, no, today I'm not going training. But if you are, if you need to meet your friends, then that's the first step to go out and train. So you, I suggest people should train in, in a group of two or three people or even, or even in a team, you know, join a team, join a, join a group, train together three times a week, start from walking, walking, then you progress to, to easy, fast walks, then you progress to easy jog, then you progress to run. So it's a, it's, it's a process. Buy a bicycle, go and cycle in, in safe roads. Um, we're closing as well uh, the Zebush Bypass once a month. So that's a really big push for people who want to learn cycling. It's going to be closed between three to four hours early morning on a Sunday. So people might join and cycle freely, car free, you know, not being worried about getting hurt. So things are moving forward and people should um, take the most um, advantage of this opportunity. Well, you just mentioned back there races and races, uh, COVID began to ease. And as it did, uh, running races have popped up all over the islands you mentioned 5ks and 10ks and they are easily every weekend and sometimes more than one race on a weekend so who are these races for you you intimated you kind of gave the idea that that if you're thinking of getting fit you should focus on a race is it is a race for anyone can anyone take part 
let's say someone who just started running running um uh, a 5k would be his um point of reference they start from a 5k there are various races but does it take much training for someone to who hasn't run before or, or wants to get fit and they decide they're going to focus you you've suggested focus on a race focus on a 5k there's plenty of them they're happening almost every weekend so that's your goal is it achievable how much training does that take where how long are you going to take to be able to get to the point where you can run a 5k race Mello, um Personally, I have a group of beginners. It's called Over 40 Project, where people, they come out from all sorts of life and they've done nothing in their life and they just want to start getting fit and fitter. Um, and I introduce them to the to run, running. Basically, they start from fast walk to, to jog, easy jog, and then they start running. 5K is achieve, achievable in, let's say, three months. I go three months, twice a week, and... And yeah, yeah, they can they can start running, not even walk a, f- a full five k, from zero. In three months. Three months, yes. Twelve See, weeks. so someone could be listening to this and thinking to themselves, you know, I know I need to get fit. They could be looking at a race in three months' time and taking part in that. Yes, this is yes. fantastic. Yes, yes. And of course, the the investment is fairly minimum. You need good running shoes, but what else do you need? Just running shoes. That's and, it. Uh, a watch will help because it will. It will assist you on the on the average pace, on your average heart rate. But strict, truly and strictly speaking, again, just need a pair of trainers. Now, in recent years, let's stick with this theme of races, because there's been a stack of half marathons popping up all over the islands, not just here in Malta, but also in Gozo. There's always been the Gozo half marathon. Now there's two half marathons, or there was two half marathons in Gozo. And there's been a number. I can remember when I started running, there was a couple of half marathons. Now there's half marathons everywhere. But there's only ever been, to my knowledge, one full marathon, and that's the Malta marathon. But this year... In 2022, this has changed because on the 24th of April, Lavalette Marathon and Half Marathon is going to take place. And you're involved in this. So how did this come about? Because this is really exciting. Uh, no, yes, we are three co-founders. There's me and Matthew and, and uh, Chalida Manuele. And we were discussing on organizing a full recognized marathon. Um, what does that mean, a recognized marathon? Recognized. Um, the the start and the finish it needs to be within half the distance so for example if you're talking about the half marathon 21k the start and finish will need to be within the 10 kilometer radius and if you got certain um, amount of elevation you have to be equal with with the with the um, with the descent so you cannot have a marathon where you're starting really high up, uh, 400, for example, 300 meters above sea level, and you end up on sea level, because um, obviously it won't be recognized by the by the AIMS, AIMS. Um, we got this um, re- recorded. Um, they gave us the the go ahead um, for these races, and actually I was involved as well on the on the route. I try to involve the most beautiful scenic route in Malta. 
if we're talking about La Vallette, uh, first of all, La Vallette is because we're going to uh, commemorate the Great Siege of Malta, and the Great Siege of Malta involves Valletta and the three cities. So basically, the start will be in Slima, because we needed some kilometers to make up for the distance. It goes around Valletta, so just imagine a tourist, he's going around Valletta, he's got all those fortifications, we've got one of the most beautiful ports in the Mediterranean, uh, the Valletta port. They go through Marsa. Marsa, they pass through the docks. We got the permission to go to run under the, the docks, the, those green, green... Oh, fantastic. Green cranes, yes. Uh, you end up in Eindwili. This is the half marathon. And then Eindwili, you go down to Bormla, enter the fortifications of Isla. You go around Isla. You can see the Valletta on the, on the opposite side. You're full of churches, um, old villages. Uh, and, and you end up in, in front of the... Uh, Fort Sant'Angelo. That's where the Great Siege was won eventually. The full marathon will go even further. We we'll go through Santa Lucia, Halfar, goes down to Birzabuja, we we'll go up um, up um, Talbarani Road, go right, we we'll go to Zaytun, so there's another old village. The tourists will be amazed about these uh, Maltese correct, uh, house of characters. The churches, our Malta churches, and they end up in Hazabar and down to, to the three cities. So I think it's a beautiful route for everyone to enjoy. And this is a quality, this is a, an official uh, marathon. This is a, a registered and recognised marathon because of the distance and how and the elevation and the decline and the start and finish relative to each other. How close those are. So you've chosen this route. You keep mentioning these tourists. And it sounds like it's a great route for someone who is not familiar with Malta to come and run. But it, obviously it's also very, very brilliant, wonderful experience for Maltese to enjoy as well and the people that live here because those are beautiful, beautiful sites that you've, you've described. But as far as the route is concerned... How difficult is that? Because you talk about going into to Valletta. There's a big hill going into Valletta. Um, yes, not, not really. It's a big hill. The, the only big hill we have, um, it's around 400 meters. As soon as you go out of the of the of the docks, uh, that's it. Uh, the half marathon is around is 132 meters elevation, but it has 142 um, descent. So basically, you're 10 meters going down more than going up. The full marathon is 320 meters of elevation and 332 meters of um, descent. So it's, it's quite balanced. There are some rolling hills, yes, but it's still, it's still a fast route. I think the half marathon can achieve 109, 110 by, by local athletes. Running... 21 kilometers in one hour and nine minutes. One hour and nine minutes That's by, a fast by route. some low. Yes, it is fast. That's route. a fast route. Yes, yes, yes. So there's three of you that have organized this. You chose the route, you've worked out the route. But what are the other things that you have to think about? Because a marathon, surely, you know, you've got runners that are out there on the roads for six hours, up to six hours, maybe three yes. hours, up to six then hours. What on earth do you have to think about? You've got to give them water and. Yeah, there's also the walk at long. So people will be walking as well. Oh, that's brilliant. Yes. Uh, a marathon involves a huge amount of uh, preparation, logistics. You know, first you get to, you need to get the permits on the local councils that you're going to close the side roads. Uh, you, you, you need a huge amount of policemen around the route. 
and uh, policemen with the motorbikes. You need um, water stations every every three or four kilometers. You need marshals. You know, um, it's 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 a huge huge amount of work. What? We're progressing. So what's your motivation, Fabio? Why are you doing this? Um, and, um, yes, I think I gave a lot to sports. I've been in sports around, I think, 26, 27 years. And hopefully sports will give me something back. I need some kind of... Uh, it's something new for me. It's a big project, a very big project. But I can see me and my friends... Um, Organizing these big races where actually we can attract even 4,000 people. Once we get rid of this COVID, we can start uh, marketing, um, getting huge um, amounts of runners from from UK, Italy, around Malta. You know, so it's a big project. Looking forward, something to to work on. You just mentioned COVID then, and of course, uh, runners have, and anybody involved in sports, have been disappointed over and over again over the last two years. Because if you are aiming for a race and you train up for a race and that race doesn't happen, you might have months and months and months of training. I myself have experienced this, months of training that is going to waste. And psychologically, it can be difficult. So what is the what is the likelihood that this marathon, which is on the 24th of April, so we still have a good amount of time to go, what's the likelihood that that is going to go ahead? I'm, I'm presuming it's fairly positive. Yes, no, we're, we're positive about this. Actually, we're thinking up to now it's, still, it's, it's, going, to be, uh, it's going to go ahead. Um, people can book. And if, let's say, uh, the authorities decide that uh, we cannot organize big races. There is a 70% refund or they keep the race for, for next year. So, so they can just defer to the next yes, year. Yes. And how many people are you able to cater for? Cater, definitely thousands. So, but uh, due to COVID, um, def- uh, we're not expecting foreigners, huge amount of foreigners. Um, actually, Malta Marathon attracts around 2,000, 3,000 of foreigners. But due to um, some some places around Europe, they're still on lockdown and they're not able to train. But uh, locally, we are targeting 1,000 people locally. I'm really excited about this. And I'm excited to see that races have started opening up again here in Malta. Just, again, f- just general advice. You're a coach. What are the biggest mistakes that anybody's going to make when they start training for a race? Biggest mistake, maybe too much too soon. Um, actually, runners who are training for the full marathon, they should increase three kilometers every week. So you don't, they don't jump immediately for a 30-kilometer run. No, you start 17 kilometers and then 21 kilometers, then 25 kilometers, gradually building up instead of jumping on the huge miles. You need to adapt for, um, your body needs to adapt for, for the long, long mileage. Any other mistakes that you can you can just warn anybody about? You know, for such footwear is footwear vital? Can yes, you do this yes, in a, yes. just a general pair of trainers? Yes, foot, footwear is vital, but uh, especially um, some runners might uh, buy new trainers exactly the week before the the race. People need to break into trainers. Uh, I've seen people, they buy trainers and they do the first race and they've got all blisters in their feet. So people need to break 
into the trainer. At least they need a good 10 run-ups for the race. Uh, good trainers and uh, nutrition as well. A marathon is long. Some people can take four hours. Four hours you need, you need to prepare your nutrition as well. Fantastic. And I'm assuming that if anybody wants to start training and wants to train with you, they can actually contact you. Everybody knows who you are, Fabio. I'm really excited about this race. I'm excited because of the route. I'm excited because the history uh, that uh, any runner that takes part in it will be able to absorb as they run. Uh, And I'm looking forward to it. Going back to you, when is this big next challenge going to happen for you? Um, it's end of June in Colmar, France. Um, uh, I started gradual training now. This I took after Sicily. I took uh, eight weeks, really easy. My body needed some rest, not complete rest, but um, gradually build, um, very easy recovery sessions. So now this year, January, I started building up for for the big race. Any more work with animals? Is any we got anything else yes, to come? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, when, whenever I do big races. By default, I associate my races with uh, animal shelters. Uh, actually, I'm expecting more than 50,000 now. <laughs> wow! <laughs> it's a bigger race. Bigger race, I, I need uh, more more, uh, more money to, to help more, more shelters. And this is such <laughs> an incentive. This is so brilliant. Yes, now, yes. I also happen to know um, that, and this is my last question to you, I also happen to know that you adopted a dog. His name's Stevie Wonder because he's Stevie blind. Wonder. And he is crazy. Seriously. <laughs> and I follow you on social media and every time I see a reference to Stevie, it's because he's chewed something in the house. What's the last thing that Stevie Wonder, the blind dog, chewed in your house? Another cushion. <laughs> the cushions are all gone. Um, he just enjoy chewing everything and it's not anxiety because he chews even in front of me even if I'm angry at him he just comes and try to to chew something my shoe my my bed my curtain anything he just I think it's because he's blind I don't know he likes his mouth chewing something it's, uh, <laughs> no regrets uh, I gave up I gave up <laughs> you know I don't live in a palace. I love I love him to bits. I feel sorry for him, so I, I just move on with him, you know. Please keep posting about Stevie because you put a massive smile on all yes, of our faces. Yes, yes. Fabio Spatiri, my hero, thank you so much for being on the interview once again. Wishing you the very best with your challenge coming up in the summer. No doubt we'll speak to you uh, sometime around then. But also... All the best with this incredible marathon that's taking place on the 24th of April here in Malta and running through, walking through some of the most beautiful parts of these islands. Wishing you all the best. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Trude, once again. <laughs>